Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sports Inventory with your host, Ben Kuchapudi and Tyler, a.k.a. the Akron Hammer Graham. So, a little bit of a late change of topic today. We're, we're originally going to talk about the NFL coming up next week and some predictions that we have for the season. But a, a blockbuster, and I mean a blockbuster move, just happened today. Absolutely. After months of speculation of whether Donovan Mitchell was going to stay with the team or whether he was going to go to the Knicks. We found out today that Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Baji, Colin Sexton, three unprotected first-round picks, and two pick swaps. An absolute haul for a player like Donovan Mitchell. And this changes a lot in the Eastern Conference. The Cavs are looking scary after, even after even though they didn't make the playoffs last year, a very impressive season. And now they have a very good team. They didn't have they didn't even have to give up Karis LeVert or Isaac Okoro, anyone like that. So, what a crazy, crazy move! Biggest move of the season by far. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this trade for Utah and for Cleveland? might change the outcome of the future of the NBA. Now, the thing about this trade, right, is I was talking with a couple of colleagues in college because if you guys don't know, me and Ben currently are separated in our, uh, you know, respected universities. So we have dorm mates, we have suite mates, we have friends who like basketball, right, Ben? Of course. So the thing is, um, one of my friends brought up the fact that why Utah? Why the heck are they even dealing with Utah? I thought Utah wasn't even on the table. Well, Fun fact, back in the early onset of July, um, New York actually offered a package of Donovan Mitchell, which included RJ, Obi Toppin, and Mitch Robinson. Terrible. It was you an know, absolute terrible trade. Yeah, we're going to get to the Knicks later in this, but at, right now, it's hard to believe like all these reports with the Knicks because right because the, uh, the Knicks offered, as like early as a few days ago, they offered, it was Obi Toppin, Evan Fournier, two unprotected first and three pick swaps. So it's kind of weird, like seeing how like crazy the package was back in July. And now it's this, I don't yes. know. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of conflicting reports between guys like Tony Jones, Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharania. Yeah. Alan, Mark Berman, all those guys. It's currently hectic right now at any insider's headquarters right now because they're just trying to scratch their heads, put the packages together, and be like, what in the actual hell did we do here? Um, the thing about this, this trade is it, both teams, if the picks work out in their favor, could potentially win here. Um, the thing about the Cavs, right? I always questioned their acquisition of Darius Gartland because Colin Sexton was there, right? But maybe Colin Sexton was a forever long play for a trade package. Because it's weird because when he was drafted, LeBron was still trying to make a decision whether or not to stay in Cleveland or move on to the Lakers. This is way back when, right? Mm -hmm. So it was weird what they were doing. And after a failed season, I would say with Mr. Sexton, they went with Darius Garland. And everybody asked, why the hell would you draft another guard? Maybe this guard was a who's not a good defender. Exactly. Exactly. And were you going to play them both at the one and the two and lack, you know, that defense and on the court that you need for a very guard heavy league? It is now. Um, so I don't know what they were planning, but I guess maybe it was just a, you know, um, 
a long play that they somehow, you know, drastically performed. Maybe it was like, oh my gosh, we have this. Like, it was an aha moment for the Cavaliers to ship Colin Sexton because Colin Sexton is still young. He can still develop. He can still do a lot of things for a team, especially for a Utah Jazz team that's rebuilding. So this is a good place for him to land to just mold himself into a different player because right now they don't have uh, an identity. They don't have a certain play style. The Jet Utah is a chicken without a head. I don't even know if it has the body right now because they just shipped Rudy Gobert not too long ago. So it's they're crazy. looking like this is this is so reminiscent of back in 2019 when the Thunder shipped off Westbrook and Paul George for a boatload of picks, and Utah got more out of Mitchell out of Mitchell and Gobert than uh, OKC did. They're both in a very very similar spot, and Utah is going to make some more moves in the coming days before the season. Yeah, Utah is currently in the Thunder seat or the Thunder kind of class of controlling the next couple of drafts. For like, they have their draft capital right now is like the Thunder and the Jazz are like the Warren Buffett and Bill Gates of the draft capital. Like, they just they're the one percent. They're going to really control. If you're a team that really wants to look for a future, if you're going to go into a sudden rebuild, the Thunder and the Jazz are teams to look forward to to acquire some sort of picks, right? And we can go to Donovan in a second because that's the biggest, you know, effect that it might have. I just want to talk a little bit more about the Jazz's acquisitions. I think um, the acquisition of Laurie Marketing is going to be good for his career because he could find his identity in a headless Utah uh, system over there. And um, the Kansas boy, you know, national champion, the rookie. Yeah, um, he's going to he's going to obviously it's very just, you know, it's very disheartening for a rookie to get drafted to a team and they immediately ship you before you even play a game um, that it does suck in the NBA and it happens more frequently than one would hope. But him going to Utah is another circumstance where he can find his footing and really get some reps and try to just fit into the NBA and possibly become the star that he wants to be. And he's a shooter of all things. So he's going to really find a flow for things. And I can see him having a huge upside in his career. Um, But the biggest thing is obviously the picks, right? And the fact that they received so many unprotected picks, first rounds even, is astonishing because first round unprotected picks can like turn to a lot of players and a lot of different faces. You, the, do you think of the Jason Tatum's was were from unprotected picks and things like that? And you could get there's so much potential with those picks, but obviously that's the draft and the gamble, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. So and that's like the and that's the thing that held up. Uh... The Nixon trade talks. They were willing to give up unprotected first in 2023 and 2025, but 2027 and 2029 is where things got hectic for Leon Rose and the squad because they're willing yeah. to give up pick swaps. But you don't know where the team is going to be like in five, seven years. They could be at the top, they could be middle, or they could be at the bottom. And after at the bottom, this is where teams like the Brooklyn Nets screwed up in the Boston Celtics trade. Yeah, and guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were drafted four or five years after the trade happened, and it's still hurting to this day. So Cleveland is taking a huge swing on Mitchell. And I actually saw a report um, not too long ago that um, Cleveland can't actually give Mitchell a Supermax extension when his contract is done in in three years. So they're either going to have to let him hit free agency and try to extend him there, or if he's disgruntled in two years, they're going to have to trade him in order to get their value back. 
Yeah, and it's going to be tough because the thing about trades, right? Um, if I trade for a player, Ben, if you and I are traded one for one, um, the GMs of both sides understand what they're getting to some degree. You're either going to get the player that you traded for, better or worse. But having so much draft capital that Utah just obtained, the, the potential is limitless. They can acquire three Hall of Famers. They can acquire three busts. They can acquire so many things. And it's really in the hands of Cleveland, which now we can transition to because Cleveland just acquired something that I think they lacked, but also something that might hurt them in the long run because their roster currently constructed is really good. Yeah, Cleveland, they were the nine seed in the East last year. Then unfortunately lost to the Hawks in the play-in game to miss out on the playoffs. But their core, even without Mitchell, was so good. Darius Garland and Jared Allen were first-time All-Stars. Harris LeVert, my opinion, one of the best um, six men in the league. Isaac yeah. Okoro was still a very solid 3 and D guy for the team. And now they just added Donovan Mitchell to that. Yeah, no. it's it, That roster, I, I could see so many of the potential starting fives. I see Darius at the one, Donovan at the two. Potentially Isaac Okoro if he gets his more reps at the three. Because I think Karras... still got Kevin Love, too, off the bench. Exactly. Probably, actually, no. Yeah, so the thing is, you can have this veteran presence. You have a beautiful mix of old and new you know young and hip and stuff like that and the the lim- the, the the ceiling is really the limit for this team and for the future and it's really interesting how that's going to play out too because Don- donovan is the guy he was the guy in utah he destroyed the thunder a couple of years back Great we we know we know he's a prime time player and especially i think that's yeah especially in the playoffs and i think that's what cleveland needs that that primetime guy to put them over the hump because Darius is admirable. Evan Mobley is very noble, but these aren't guys that shouldn't be the face of an organization. I think Donovan can come in and be that guy, but the problem is the Cle- like Cleveland, I think, is doing a great job with trying to move on from LeBron because all Cleveland's legacy is is LeBron, 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 right? Exactly. And before LeBron was what, Mark Price, you know, Brad Daughtery, you know, guys like that, whatever. And it's like, it's always going to be LeBron's franchise. Whenever someone thinks of Cleveland, they think of LeBron. They don't even think of the other teams that even play there. Yeah, not right? even anything. Like, Cleveland's economy since 2003 was based on LeBron James. Exactly. And I think we can agree on that. LeBron exactly. is relevant. Cleveland uh, Indians, now Guardians, are relevant. And now the, ca- and the Cavs without LeBron have been, again, irrelevant. But now... They got the new guy, Donovan Mitchell's in town with Darius Garland, Jared Allen, all those guys surrounding him. And in the East right now, I think Cleveland has the potential to make a run to the Easter Conference Finals for sure. Yeah, I'm, it's, I would not be surprised if they can somehow end up you know, that much closer to the show. Because with the di- addition of Donovan Mitchell, I'm sure they could beat the Hawks in a play-in tournament. You know, let's say like... You know, argument's sake, we can relive that moment and just add Donovan. Like, I could see them winning that game, you know. And Donovan adds a level of scoring that very few players in the league have, right? So it's going to be great for the offensive load to be taken off of the rest of the guys so they can flourish under their own little things. You know, Evan Mobley got a lot of touches. Darius Garland had the ball in his hands a lot. But the fact that Donovan Mitchell is a ball-dominant guard could be hard on a guy like Gartland, 
who who needs the ball in his hands to make an impact because his perimeter defense is lackluster at times, and sometimes he gets a little lazy on the court in off-ball situations. Yeah, but Garland is also – he's known as also a very good distributor. It's not mm-hmm. So both guards aren't really ball-dominant. Garland is not a pass-first guy by any means. But I see defense being – a perimeter defense being an issue Yes, in Cleveland. I feel yes. like it, it depends on matchup in the playoffs. Like, I know Boston isn't going to – Boston, Jason, they're probably not going to be guarding guys like Tatum and Brown. But I feel like that'll still be a, that'll still be a struggle. And especially against Milwaukee with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton at the one and two. I feel if they play Milwaukee in a playoff series, that'll be their toughest matchup. Yeah, because no one's going to stop Giannis, and Drew Holiday is one of the better defenders in this league. And Darius Garland is still in the infancy of his career, and I think running to a veteran defender like that, he'll self-destruct, I personally think. Mm. And it's going to be really interesting. But having Donovan there does take the load off of a Garland and a Mobley and stuff like that. It's weird because that team interiorly is great now. The rebounding's there with Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley's just a great guy within the within the arc. So this team, I, I just hope that they can keep it together because the thing, the, always the problem with the young squads is someone has to just not feel the same way and wants to move on from the project, you know? And some people aren't willing to wait for three years to just win something or get to the show because it's disgruntling, you know? And the problem is like Cleveland has they're young, but they have a certain window where they need a win. Because yeah. all there are a bunch of guys on their rookie deals. Jared Allen just got extended last offseason. Donovan Mitchell's on a big contract for three years. Darius Garland just got a, a max extension. Isaac Okoro's up for an extension this coming year. And the year after that Evan Mobley's up for a deal. And Karis LeVert still making, I think, $17 million a year. Yeah. So Cleveland's going to be in a certain salary situation because it, either they can pull it off miraculously, you know, somehow put the charm on these players like, hey, you know, we're going to you're gonna take a pay cut here because we got to sign this other guy. And this other guy's going to take a pay cut. We're just going to keep it together for a long time. Or someone or multiple people might have to go. Because extensions can get really, really expensive, Mm -hmm. especially if you hit the bonuses and you hit the certain superlatives, you know, all-star teams, all-defensive teams, whatever, leading teams in certain stats. It can get really expensive for Cleveland, and Cleveland right now is in a decent cap situation. I'm not saying good or bad. But, a lot of guys, though, because don't forget, Kevin Love is still making $30 million a year. Yeah, that was that's one of the big negatives or minuses for them. If they can somehow buy him out or move him, that can free up one more person to be extended who is under the age of 25, you know? So that's a thing for Cleveland to really figure out. But I can see them really succeeding in the future and finally finding an identity that's not LeBron James. And, yeah, you said it perfectly. Cleveland hasn't had an identity besides LeBron James, but I really like their core. It it hurts me as a Knicks fan to see Donovan Mitchell go somewhere else, but Cleveland has done an amazing job building this team back up after LeBron left for LA. And just, what is it? LeBron left for LA four years ago. And honestly, right now, Cleveland, I can see them as a top four team in the East already. It's not that is not insane to say, Ben. That was beautifully said. I just this team is looking more and more built as the years go on. I remember as soon as LeBron decided to go to LA and don the purple and gold, 
it, they thought Cleveland was out of the loop. They were going to be a garbage team, just like they were before LeBron came. And some Cleveland fans were trying to bank on another LeBron coming in a draft. But now they've assembled a basketball team, something that LeBron lacked many years in Cleveland, not having a team around him. Now they have a basketball team. And I think with the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell, there's the star surrounded by the team. And I think this is going to be a beautiful future for Cleveland. Yeah, and shout out to Kobe Altman and shout out to JV Bickerstaff, man. They've done an, a, a superb job of rebuilding this Cleveland roster. And who knows? Maybe Cleveland lacks the draft capital as of now. Maybe LeBron will come back to Cleveland on a smaller deal for his last hurrah in his final year. Who knows? They have a good, they have a very good team now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And for the Jazz, um, you guys blew it up. But you guys control the drafts with the Thunder for the next couple of years. Danny Ainge owned the drafts for the next seven years. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, that's that's a guy who's a mastermind when it comes to draft capital and picking the right and making the right decisions. So good for him. And these upcoming drafts, even a couple of years down the line, kids younger than us, Ben, um, they're looking good. And we have this absolute Kareem Abdul-Jabbar-esque type of draftee coming up called Victor Weminyama. And the Jazz, I know, are eyeing him down. Yep, they already had a Frenchman and Rudy Gobert man in the middle for them for a while. Now it's Victor's turn. Hashtag tank for Victor. And now we're going to see... Hashtag tank Victor. They're going to get a lot more picks coming, like Because Mike Conley will get traded. Jordan Clarkson will get traded. Bojan Bogdanovich will get traded. And who knows? Maybe more people will be traded. But Danny Ainge right now, this Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz are in complete free fall. They're rebuilding. This is what they needed. They've been a first or second round exit for the last five years. And and props off to Ainge. As much as Danny Ainge pissed me off this past few months, uh good he did he's doing well by the Jazz. They're they're rebuilding the right way. Yeah, and I could see them for the next year or so becoming a Rockets X team where you're just testing out guys who bring them from the G League and you're very young guys. That team's average age is going to be pushing 22 if they shell out the Mike Conleys and the Bogdanoviches. So they're going to have like a Rockets similar Thunder-esque future where you can experiment as much as you want. You're not going to have any risk nor any reward until you get those draft picks in and maybe acquire another veteran along the way with your young talent. Yeah, and this is going to be a long rebuild for Utah. No, Most rebuilds don't. Rebuilds in the NBA right now, they're getting shorter and shorter. But Utah is in for a long few seasons, similar to um when Darren Williams left the team. Now it's going to be um it's going to be a lot of tanking seasons for Utah. It's difficult for Utah because they've always they've always fell short, you know, ever since when they dropped John Stockton back in the 80s and acquired yep. Carl Malone soon, soon after. They, it's funny because they always have like a slight touch of success, a salt of it, if you will, Ben. They acquire the stars. They have good teams. It's just there's always just teams better. Always. You can like – this can be back – like trace back to the 70s. In the 70s, they had Pistol Pete yep. and Adrian Danley. In the 80s, they had Marky in. They had the young Stockton Malone. In the 90s, they had Stockton Malone. Obviously, Michael Jordan had something else to say about that. Even <laughs> yeah. in the 2000s. Darren Williams, AK forty seven, Bruiser. They had a there was a solid jazz team there. There were teams that made it to the second round, went toe to toe with Kobe and the Lakers in those rounds. And then you got like the Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert era where they got knocked out in the second round. 
And then you got the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, where they got knocked out in the first and second rounds. Yeah, it's it's sad for Utah fans because it's weird. They just can't get over the hump. And a lot of their demises come from within their own conference. They just can't get back to the finals ever since the 90s. Yep. And um, there's so many things that go into that. I remember the Darren William and AK 47 days. A lot of it was coaching. You know, they were conflicting with Jerry Stone's old style of play, running the same seven plays and variations of it. And a young, hip, you know, prodigy Darren Williams disagreeing with him. And soon Jerry Sloan left. So it's a that organization just needs a rehaul. And I think this is a nice, fresh restart for them, especially Danny Ainge is going to make the moves now. This might work in Utah's favor. I think it will. I think. I think I can honestly say for now, I I originally hated the package that Utah got back because they I was shocked they didn't get back like Karis LeVert or Isaac Okoro back, but three unprotected first, two swaps, and a young guys in Markinen, Sexton, Abaji, it's gonna go a long way for them because the picks down of the picks down the line they could be something. You're not gonna know what the team looks like in five or seven years. They could be maybe Donovan's gone by then after his contract's up. Maybe Garland and Allen get disgruntled. Maybe Mobley or Man- demands a trade. We're, we're not going to know until the time actually comes. So it's all a game of waiting right now for Utah. Yeah, beautifully said, Ben. But I got to ask you a question. Obviously, our viewers know, or some at least, that my friend here, my good brother, Ben, is a Knicks fan. So, Ben, how do you feel the fact that you heard all this news about possibly you know, the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell to get nothing? You know, I was actually about to order a Donovan Mitchell Knicks poster for my dorm, so I'm happy that <laughs> happened. Oh, man, I didn't know they made those, but... I was about to make a custom-made, you know. But uh, anyways, it was... After, like, seeing reports after the trade, I was... I kind of felt better. When the trade actually happened, I was livid. I was texting my friends, like, I can run this, I can run this joke of a franchise better than Leon Rose can. But, uh... Honestly, after seeing like reports by Woj, Tony Jones, all those guys, I'm content like where the team like what the, like the Knicks didn't give up because originally we saw a package like in early July as reported by Woj that the Knicks apparently offered R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first. I would have been livid if the Knicks made that trade. That would have been horrible. But then. You get to later, then you get to like late August. You see the reports of, oh, it's just Obi Toppin, Evan Fournier, two unprotected first and three pick swaps. That's a pretty good haul in general. The thing is, it's just the Leon Rose was very picky during this whole process. And, you know, I'll give him a little bit of praise for standing his ground because previous Knicks GMs would have given up the farm for this guy, similar to um, what happened with uh, Carmelo Anthony back in 2011. Yeah. So, um, overall, it's like, it's not as bad like the like the Knicks. I know Leon Rose was very hesitant on giving up two things. He was hesitant on give. Oh, actually, three. Not even three things. I'm not even gonna count Andre Barrett in that. He was content on. He w- didn't want to give up the third unprotected first, whether that would be in 2027 or 2029. And he was also he also didn't give up want to give up Quentin Grimes, who was an amazing player in the summer league and showed flashes his rookie year. Personally, I would have done that, but I don't run the New York Knicks. So, so um, the pat. So the, if he, I'm happy he didn't give up guys like RJ, OB, Mitch, three first for Donovan. But the thing is, that the thing I have to ask them is, where do you go from here? Because you gave up guys like Kemba Walker, Nerlens Noel, and Alec Burks for picks to clear up cap space to sign Jalen Brunson, 
And maybe because Jalen Brunson, his dad works for the Knicks. His um, Leon Rose's son is Jalen Brunson's agent. So maybe so all the family gets a piece of the pie. But um, right now, the Knicks are in the worst state right now. They're in a state of mediocrity. They're not a. They're not going to be a bottom feeder by any means this year. They're better. I think they're better than last year, but it's going to be tough for them to, honestly, to like make the playoff, like be a top six team in the East. And even if they become that top, like a playoff team, it's going to be hard to see them getting past the first round because there are a number of teams that are better than the New York Knicks right now. And right now, the the Knicks' success hinges on RJ Barrett. They paid him a four-year, $120 million contract on last Monday. The ultimatum was, we're going to trade RJ for Donovan. You, you're going to agree to the trade, or we're going to extend RJ. Obviously, the latter happened. So, RJ Barrett averaged 20 points a game last season. By far his best season as a pro. But now we have to see, he's the leader of the team now. He's going to take the keys. And the team goes as far as RJ goes. Is he going to be an all-star? Will he flop? We have no clue. And now, um, and it's really, it kind of, and this is what annoys me as a Knicks fan. At least if you don't trade for Mitchell, if you don't trade the young guys for Mitchell, at least try to trade Evan Fournier and Julius Randle so you can get guys like Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin more playing time, and Cam Reddish for that matter. Because if you're playing the young guys, at least you're going to know what you have. And the Tom Thibodeau mindset is you're going to pay your guys that you paid for and guys that, you're, that are vets. So, so it's kind of weird what they're doing here. I'm As a Knicks fan, I'm not going to sit and watch Quentin Grimes and Toppin get 10 minutes a game while Evan Fournier and Randall get 35. It's just not going to sit well with me. I absolutely agree with you, Ben. I think the fact that we've seen what Evan and Julius Randle can do, I think we should just move on from them. And I'm a Warriors fan personally. Um, and I really want you guys to succeed because when the Knicks are good, life is good. You know, it's just like it makes basketball fun again. You have, you know, an absolutely insane fans, the most famous venue of them all. I just, um, yeah, you guys are in a weird state of just being mid. <laughs> Excuse it's, my layman's yeah. terms. It's not, yeah, you said it perfectly. The Knicks are mid. That's like, they're at least seven or eight teams better than uh the Knicks are now. You got obviously the Bucks are better, the Celtics are better, the Hawks are better, the Heat are better, Philly's better, Cleveland's better. You can argue Chicago's better, and I'm definitely forgetting t- Toronto is better. Brooklyn yeah, is pro- might be better with Katie and Kyrie back, and Ben Simmons is going to be playing now. So many more teams. Right now, so the Knicks right now are like between like probably the eleventh best team and maybe the seventh best team, and that's a really crappy spot to be in. Even if you have all these picks, you're going to be picking the middle of the draft, which and is that, terrible. And that many more teams better across the country for the West. So and you have to verse those guys in a schedule as well. So it's I I, I their their record could be whew, like so so like different. It could be like, absolutely like, bum. Like the last thing I want to see from this team is another thirty-seven and forty-five season because that gets you nowhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And the thing is, the Knicks' mantra this offseason was we're gonna clear up cap space to sign Brunson, and then we traded down from pick eleven to get three first-round picks, protected picks, but first-round picks to try to get a, a star. You see, Dejounte Murray becomes available. He goes to the Hawks. 
Kevin Durant becomes available. I'm not even going to talk about that because he was never coming to the team by the at all. And then Donovan Mitchell comes along. He's from New York. He's a Mets fan. He grew up a Knicks fan. He loves playing in the Garden. He was basically saying that he wants to be a Nick implicitly via social media. And they don't give, and they're not going to pony up another first round pick or another player to try to get him. That just doesn't sit right with me. I 100% agree, Ben. I just don't know how you fumble a bag that much. That's, yeah, I don't even know how. Like, you had every selling point, you know? You had every kid's dream to play for the team that they looked up playing for. And they they folded like a cheap lawn chair. It just, I, I don't understand. And it comes down to your GM. You said it beautifully how he did want to stand his ground and did not want to depart with RJ or OB. But I could have easily saw Mitchell go. You know, maybe include Randall in the deal, even though he has a fattier contract. Evan Fournier as well. And they only acquired those three picks for the acquisition of a star. So you had That's to been... Why. That's exactly. So you did all that work to just... For nothing. Now you're sitting on them now. And that's you know? what irks me so much about this team. Leon Rose did a very solid job the two years prior to this. This just made me lose a lot of trust in him because you're gonna because you're gonna if you trade for Donovan, the Knicks already have 11, 12 guys that are playable. So someone is so guys, some guys are not gonna get the minutes they want. And then you had the chance to package those guys to free up more playing time while getting another while getting another star and Don not another star, but a star in Donovan Mitchell. But with this now, you're going to have guys like Fournier and Randall starting, while Obi Toppin and Grimes and Cam Reddish see bench minutes, which is not what you want to see at all. And um, if I were, the, if I was the Knicks, this is it's Tyler. Just let me, um, let me get your opinion on this. Let me, I'm going to say a package and let me, let me know if it's fair or not for both squads. So, I would have, if I was the Knicks, I would have offered Toppin. I would have offered Fournier as a contract filler. I would have offered Quentin Grimes. I would have offered, I would have offered Cam Radish. I would have offered three unprotected first, and I would have offered a pick swap. Is that an offer better than what the Cavaliers offered, or no? Um, it is a better offer than the Cavaliers offered. If I was the Knicks, I don't think I'd ever make that deal per se because there's one too many young stars that I would like to keep but that is a better haul maybe, than what the maybe Cavaliers take out, maybe take out camera maybe yeah because I know Danny Age wanted Quentin Grimes the most yeah I think out of all the stars the ones that you you know fantasy draft uh trade mentioned and the ones that were actually acquired by Utah Obi Toppin would have the most upside and he's probably the most appealing young star Quentin, out of the actually, hall Quentin Grimes, is, Quentin Grimes is probably the most Upset because Obi's a little oh, older. As well. he's, I think he's only twenty. He's twenty four, but he's he's old for a third year player. But he has more upset than Laurie Markkinen, I'll say, and he's still on a rookie contract, as is Quentin Grimes. And Sexton and Markkinen are on bigger contracts. They're both making at least eighteen million a year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, I don't know, Ben. I think you should take the GM spot over in New York because. Yeah, you said it beautifully. I just think better upside for those stars. You, they have rookie contracts, so you could just try them on for size, and it will cost you basically nothing, league and minimum. Got picks. And, and you got the picks. Um, yeah, I just um, – I could see why the Knicks wouldn't make an offer like that because maybe the, those are the young stars they want to keep attached to, and that's a big commitment for Donovan Mitchell, who is a perennial superstar. But that is a big commitment because at the end of the day, we don't want another LeBron situation like in Cleveland where it's you have this great star but nobody around him. 
Yeah, and it's tough because the, with the Knicks and Leon Rose, it wasn't about the players really. It was about the picks. He was hesitant on giving picks up in 2027 and 2029. And let's say that package was completed. Let me, I'm going to, this is a hypothetical Knicks team they would have had. They would have had Brunson starting at the one, Mitchell at the two, Barrett at the three, Randall at the four, Mitch at the five, which is a pretty solid starting five, right or no? I agree. And then off the bench, you would have Derrick Rose, you would have Emmanuel Quickly, you would have Cam Reddish, you have Jericho Sims, and you would have Isaiah Hartenstein, and maybe you would have had a, and maybe for, let's say for, for laughs, maybe they signed Carmelo and his last year in the league because they got Donovan Mitchell. Is that a play? Is that a top six team in the East or no? Either six or seven, but yeah, I agree. That's see, that's definitely a, a push for the playoffs. You see, you see, the Knicks needed to make the move to win now. Well, not win now, but like build. Or winning more games team. generally. because they want because you want there weren't going to be championship contenders with this move. They were gonna. They were probably gonna be a, a forty-five win team at least with this team. But they were gonna be put on the map. Yeah, they were gonna put their foot. They were gonna be on the map, and they were gonna make. They wanted to have people. They wanted to have other stars come here. They want to build a foundation. That's that's the word to use. They want to build a foundation, and they they fumbled the bag to do that. There's no other way to put yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know why Rose was so reluctant to give away picks that are almost 10 years away, you know, nine years away, eight years away. So that it just, it was funny to me because why are you paying attention to that much in the future when you're in a let's win soon state, not a win now, like you mentioned before. Um, I don't know what his reluctance with those picks were. I don't know if his, you know, his eighth grader, his, his own son, maybe was coming up in the ranks and he's doing good. And maybe he wanted to hey, draft him. Bryce James is looking very good right now. Maybe they want Bryce James. Who knows? Yes. Yes. But um, banking on a dream, a pipe dream that is to acquire a, a James heir, um, is kind of ridiculous when you have legitimate trade matters at hand and not chasing a pipe dream to acquire a LeBron James offspring. So, um, it's 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 very interesting. Um, after the failure of a move like this, if I'm the Knicks organization as a whole, he might be on a hot seat. Oh, hundred percent. I've been saying this for a while. Jobs were on the line for this move. Tibbs should if Tibbs is going to be gone if this team doesn't make the playoffs. Leon Rose will likely be gone if this team doesn't make the playoffs. So there are jobs on the line, and this is a move they had to make to save the jobs, and they failed to do that. So they're really banking on Brunson being a star, an all star, and they're really and they're banking on RJ being the best player on a playoff team, and pro- they're probably banking on Randall to be the most improved player he was back in 2020, 2021. Which is a tough, it's a very tall ask. And maybe they're asking Mitchell Robinson to be Rudy Gobert win defensive player of the year. I don't know. It's the case, Ben. There's a, an incredible amount of expectations for this team. A lot of which are just not going to happen. So, yeah. I think basically everybody's in hot water in New York. And this team could look way different in two years if we have this conversation again. Probably will. It probably yes, will. Of course. It's crazy. So, any final thoughts regarding um, the Jazz, the Knicks, the Cavs, just to stay the NBA for this trade? Um, the NBA is going to look a lot different next year. Um, I think a lot of young stars are going to play better. I think a lot of the older vets are going to be on the way out. You know, our 
you know, childhood Ben is going to be soon come come to a close of basketball, you know, and these new stars are really going to rise up. Um, we're going to see the decline of stars. We're going to see the um, explosion and appearance of stars. And I'm extremely excited for the this new brand of National Basketball Association that we're about to see. I am too. And once again, I'm giving my praises to Cleveland for this trade. It hurts again, but they did a, a damn good job with, with rebuilding this team. And I'm excited to see where the, where the team is going to be next year in a few years. Because NBA, watch out. Cleveland is, Cleveland is, is back. Yeah, baby. All right. This is going to do it for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. And once again, I'm Ben Kuchapudi. And I'm Tyler the Akron Hammer Graham. And we'll see you next time. Peace out.